0: For a treat today, I have a a guest that's going to come and I'm going to interview him. We're going to do the message together. And so I'm super excited about that. Um, So go with me to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. Let's go to Hebrews chapter number 11. We're going to start right there. Praise God. The book of faith. Praise God. So we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23 for a message today. A great scripture. I want you to think about something while you turn to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 23. Is how does God speak to you? How do you hear from God? What are some of the ways that has been consistent in your life? That you can say, yeah, this is when I know that God is speaking to me. No matter how that is, whether it's when you're driving or whether it's, you know, when you're walking the park. The consistent thing that you're going to say is that I believe he does it by faith. I believe it's by faith. And so uh, we're going to look at what it means to have confidence by faith for this purpose. How to embrace God's calling on your life. How to embrace God's calling on your life. Uh, Hebrews 11:23 says this, "By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. we thank you for the way that you're moving. The way that you are directing us, we pray that you continue to have your way in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Uh, so, so if I can have liberty uh, before Cody comes up and takes a seat, and we're going to have a great time communicating together and sharing the word with you. Um, but I want I want to share something with you that I believe that um, what God is doing is that God is moving in a generation. He's he's moving. Um, in in the younger generation, he's saying that 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 I believe this is the best generation, and, and so because of that, I think it's important that we see how confidence really works, how confidence, how God really is the source of confidence, and, and so and so part of part of this introduction is um, I love to go shopping, um, I, I do, um, I, I enjoy it. I can walk the mall. I don't need nobody with me. I'm a people person. I like to. The people watch, not in a scary or you know, not like this, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh my gosh, you know. But I just I just love watching how people just interact. I just I I, I think it's a I think it's a great draw. I think you actually can see God at work if you would observe that in people. I think you get more compassion for people if you just observe and see what God is doing, and then if you get the the opportunity to actually talk to them. You'll be amazed at how God works through people. And that's why I said the goal is to confront evil, right? That, that's the goal. It's to confront the evil that's trying to lurk its way in our lives. And, and, and so I love to shop, not because I love to spend money. God knows that's not the reason. Um, I love to go shopping because I am mesmerized by the marketing and the power of persuasion. I love to window shop. I'll just, I'll walk and, and I'll just observe. And I'm like, I wonder how they chose that font. I I know I'm weird, but, but that's how God speaks to me. Because I would say, I wonder why they chose that color. I wonder why that mannequin outfit looks so good on them. And when you put on yourself, it doesn't really, it's the power of persuasion. It's to influence you to purchase something, to give you a visual. And so because of that, I like to be observant and I like to shop, not because of spending money, but because of the power of messaging, the power of marketing. It's a powerful thing. Do you know that they can send you messages and you could be doing things contrary to even what you believe? Because the power of of messaging. And so I would observe. And so, and so I was walking to the store to, to look for a pair of jeans. And I walked into Hollister and and I'm in this store. And remember, now God is speaking to me about confidence. He's speaking to me about what he's doing in the generation. And believe it or not, I walk in and on the wall, I walk in to look for a pair of jeans. But God says, but that's not why I brought you in here. It's the power of messaging. It's the, it's the power of marketing. And I walk in, and all of a sudden I see this big sign, and it says, it says, Hollister Confidence Project. I said, what? I said, God, you spoke to me about teaching the church about confidence, and here I'm walking in, and here is this marketing firm. Here is this concept that everybody that walks in, you know what they see? They're seeing this message. Yeah, come get a pair of jeans and get an outfit, but you're not going to miss the message. You're not, not going to miss the message. That's so important. And so, Cody, won't you come at this time? Let's put our hands together for my new friend. Amen. That's coming. And, um, and uh, I'll grab my seat. And uh, here's your mic. And it's on. And so I'm getting to know this young man. I'm getting to love this young man and just all that God is doing in his life. And so... And and so I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm, and I'm seeing this thing called the confidence project. And I said, well, let me research it. Let let me, let me look at it. And here's what it's about. Ready for this? The power of messaging. So God downloads to me, teach children how to have confidence, teach the adults how to have confidence. And then he shows me, here's what the world's doing. So they don't do it for one month. It's a 365 days a year worldwide initiative dedicated to helping you and all teens feel the most confident. I'm there for 30 days. They do it every single day. The power of marketing. So they can feel the most confident, comfortable, and capable. So come buy a pair of jeans, but when you leave, leave with Confidence. Think about that for a second. That's the power of persuasion. That's that's the power of marketing. Because they want you, ready for this? To embrace the call upon their lives. They they, they don't mind if you have an experience. Yeah, walk into the store, have an experience. But what they want, the goal, the goal is this. For you to embrace, to hold something. And that's what they're doing. And so here's what they said. They said, we can't do this alone. We're partnering with like-minded organizations. Now, I'm not promoting them. I don't even know what they believe, so don't hold me to this. You know what I mean? They didn't give me any money to promote their, their store, nothing like that. Um, but it says, we can't do this alone. We're partnering with like-minded organizations and individuals dedicated to champion confidence in all teams across the globe. I am confident, no pun intended, that this is the job of the church that this is the assignment of the church to make sure that every single day that we are promoting and persuading young people of the importance of confidence. So one of the ways then to really, really uh, understand this confidence is your calling. What has God called me to do? What is God, who has God called me to be? It's that question of calling. And that question will continue to be part of your vocabulary and be part of your life forever. So with that being said, I believe I'm meeting you that I believe the call of God is on your life. I, I do. I believe that. And the reason why I believe that, that quote, and I want you to introduce yourself and tell everybody else, is, is because of your parents. Because we read the text. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was hidden when he's born, was hidden for three months by his parents. This chapter is not talking about Moses yet. It's about Moses' parents. He's saying that they did an act of faith for their child. Now, one of the biggest tools that the enemy loves to do have have to bring condemnation. When you look back over your life and say, oh, my gosh, I blew it. The devil is a liar. Don't fall for that trap of thinking, oh, my goodness. Don't fall for that. Do not allow the enemy to put that in your head at all, right? Please understand the purposes of God. So one of the things which I think is neat is that I, I had uh, this couple, and they would drive about an hour and a half to come to church, Probably, maybe about an hour at least. And one day came into my heart, and I said, if they're driving an hour to come to church, Here's what the Lord told me. It's not what you're offering them. It's what they have to offer you. I said. So when I went up to them, I said, um, I, I know you like this place, but, but but no, you got something to give us. They were shocked. They were like, are you serious? I said, if you drive that far and pass that many houses of worship to come here, oh, you got something I need. And so I believe because the parents faith on the distance that you have something that we need to hear so go ahead introduce yourself and just tell me a little about yourself and you know what I mean just just go with it
1: well it's uh, really a privilege to be here this morning to be speaking with you all uh if I can go to the Lord in prayer first before I begin I'd love to do that with you guys if you could pray Amen. for me as well let's pray God thank you so much for this opportunity uh that we have to come together this morning God um I ask Lord that your Holy Spirit would speak uh, and then you would open our hearts and soften our hearts to listen to you and uh, humble each of us, God, as we uh, take our different roles this morning, Lord, um, that you would be the sole guide. And um, whatever is to be said, God, that you would help us to be in tune to your grace. Uh, thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. And I pray, God, that you would uh, continue to humble us every day. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. 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 amen.
1: Well, my name's Cody. I am um, from the Finley area. So um, I was brought here by my parents, Steve and Lisa. They're right over there. Um and yeah, my parents have been a really big part of my faith walk up to this point. And um kind of the, the big thing recently in my life, um the kind of the thing that stands out is I actually attended and I just got back from a Bible school in South Korea. Um and I actually will be going back there this next week to be serving there as an intern for a year. Um and kind of in a way I guess it'd be like serving as a missionary within that organization. Um, the way I found out about this was actually uh, really by amazing things that God did through uh, my church, my home church, my parents, um, and just through different people. Uh, about five years, ago, actually six years ago, uh, back in 2014, and I went to this. I went to my church, and one day we had uh, missionaries come who were missionaries with Word of Life uh, Fellowship, uh, based out of New York, and they were serving in Taiwan, and. I was not, unfortunately, the, the, I guess the thing that maybe I missed was I wasn't well-educated about Asia at all. So I had no idea where Taiwan was, not even the language they spoke. And they spoke about uh, their ministry in Taiwan. And they, the Lord put it on my dad's heart, which um, my dad, of course, you know, as a father, he's, he's a protector. And so generally when we travel, which my family loves to travel, he plans out our way. Even when we're on road trips without him, he books our hotel and gives us the address. (laughs) And uh, we love that about my dad. He is very organized with our trips and he keeps us step by step. And so it really wasn't characteristic of him to say, hey, you and your older sister should go to Taiwan for two months. And I'm thinking, is he getting rid of me? (laughs) And uh, I really put it to prayer. And I thought, God, this is... This is a miracle, and uh, it was amazing to see God continue to work. I was only 16 at the time, and I was uh, just turning 17, going into my senior year of high school. And I was looking at what would it look like to serve in this organization, and uh, possibly in a selfish way, I looked at my summer, and I thought, oh, I have things I'd like to do in July So maybe the time from April to May, which would be their spring term at this organization in Taiwan, I'll serve during that time. That's a little more convenient for me. But God still...
0: But before you finish, I don't want to miss something you said. You said this was your dad's kind of flow, but then the Holy Spirit did something that kind of changed, that you knew Mm -hmm. this is out of the character of my dad, but it's in the character of God. Amen. So I want people to get that. When it comes to understanding, embracing god's call in your life you can know like this person's been consistent but now they're bringing something that whoa it's gonna cause me to have to now go to the father so in other words god's authority Mm -hmm. is greater than your parents authority right and you you notice that Mm -hmm. okay i want people to get that sorry i didn't want to interrupt but i want people to recognize when authority is speaking the importance of recognizing i got a year to the father and what the father is saying to me he speaks through my parents okay
1: and I believe that God is a comforter, especially in hard times. But I think when we get set in our own comfort, he breaks that flow. And I really think oh, I good. see that in my dad's life. That's good. And that was good. one of the
0: moments. That's good.
1: And so throughout that time, um, yeah, and I, I think, I, honestly, I got caught in my own comfort thinking, you know, my summer, I have things to do. I'll go in the spring. But that didn't stop God from working faithfully. I was actually able to graduate early because of some college classes I had taken. And I had missed the deadline for applying for graduation, but my mom called and they were allowing me to graduate early. And I thought, wow, God, this is something that you want to happen. And then we found out through a set of circumstances, we had some family, both my parents don't come from strong faith backgrounds. And my mom has this set of um, older cousins. She's the, the youngest in her family, set of older cousins that we met one time in Florida. I was really young. I didn't really know them, but I guess they were Christians. And she was friends with them on Facebook And we found out their daughter is married to a pastor and they're missionaries in Taiwan. And we had never met those people. Uh, We had only met the older couple, which I barely knew. And my mom kind of knew, I guess. But we had never known that David and Sherry Green had ever existed, let alone that they're our family and they're our second cousins. And so we find this out and we mention it to the director in Taiwan. We are on a FaceTime call with her, and we say, hey, we have cousins there. We had no idea. And she's like, what what, what are their names? David and Sherry Green. Oh, I went to language school with her. And I'm like, you knew our family before we knew they even existed. Wow. That's (laughs) crazy. And so my sister and I were able to go to Taiwan the next April and May. And we got to meet our family. We got to see God do amazing things. And God led each of us, regardless of whether or not we sat in our own comfort or not. And he was faithful. And actually, at the end of that term, one of the teachers came out to me and said, Hey, Cody, what are you doing this summer? And I'm like, oh, (laughs) Uh, very busy, very busy. Anything else to do? Can't be here. Sorry. And uh, she's like, well, we actually need one more male teacher for this summer. And I said, well, I'll pray about it. And you know, generally growing in my faith, I've seen that a lot of people say, I'll pray about it, and they don't. And that's that's kind of a comfortable Christianity that we're just like, I'll pray about it, which kind of means like I'm gonna think about it in my own wisdom and I'm talking about Oh you, no. my
0: goodness, that's so good. Oh, that's good. Say that again. That was good. Yeah. That was good.
1: Yeah, that we, we get caught up in our own flow of things and we think that whatever comes to our mind must be what God wants because God is not on the throne of my life. I'm on the throne of my life, and I'm wise in my own eyes. Mm. And so in that moment, I remembered that, and I really had grown a distaste to that kind of living. And I thought, I actually need to pray about this. So I went to my classroom, and this organization that I'm in, I guess I didn't explain that. It's called SYME. It's Studying Youth Ministry in English. And they reach out to uh, adults in Taiwan, and they've done um, youth camps as well, through teaching English. Because in East Asia, they really value learning English as a second language because a lot of business centers are going through the U.S. And so learning English is a very good uh, kind of educational uh, uh, growth point, I guess. And uh, But they use that as a, as a way to nurture them in the Bible, to nurture mm-hmm. them in the gospel. Um, so we've done youth camps and we, this organization specifically uh, is an English immersion Christian discipleship training program. So I go to my classroom and I, I just say, okay, God, what should I do? And I just remember in that moment, you know, Taiwan's not necessarily a cold country, but I, I just got, I just, I remember just feeling like this sweat come over me and I just felt God say, go. And I'm like, no, <laughs> why? <laughs> this is highly inconvenient, God. And uh, wow. I just felt the, God, the presence of God in the weight of his glory in that moment saying, Go. And I remember really thinking about it, and I'm like, this is so characteristic of God, but this is not convenient for me. Mm. This is characteristic of God, but it's not convenient for me. And so I called my parents, and I said, well, what are the logistics of this thing? And we really worked out, and all the money came in. I was able to be fully supported, and I went back that July. And the things I wanted to do, first of all, I committed to a youth conference, which actually I was still able to attend but at this youth conference, I wanted to go to this camp in later July. That was a camp I had gone to. I'd done talent shows there and I loved it. I had grown my faith there. But my motivation this year was because it was my senior year. It was kind of this, you know, good. Like I wanna I want to have a big finale feeling. And I, I wanted to I wanna perform at the talent show again. And I I, I kind of love that that high that I get from it. And at this youth conference, after I had committed to go to, to Taiwan and I knew I was going to miss this camp, and I felt this is what God wants, and it's really not convenient for me. I found out at this, at this youth conference, a lot of my friends who were going to go to that camp, I thought, were not going, because the conference was a financial uh, commitment that they were not able then to go to the camp. And so if I had decided to go to that camp, a lot of my friends wouldn't have been there, and it probably wouldn't have been the experience that I was dreaming of. And so I had to lay down my dreams at the altar of his will. Amen.
0: Wow. Wow. Man, I'm taking notes. Praise God. That, that, so the first thing we can say, so, so tell us then, Cody, what's the first thing then for those who are here? Because see, sometimes I may think, well, this is for young people. But if you look at Moses, um, I want you to get this in your mind and write this down. There's a Moses in me. There is. Because what we see is three different seasons of Moses' life that speak to his childhood, his young adult. In his adult life. And it was God called him when he was an adult. But it was already being uh, worked on predestined when he was a child. Because we read in Hebrews 11, right? So a lot of times we may think, well, this is, you know, just for young people. You know what I mean? How can adults embrace the call of God as well? I mean, they got responsibilities and things of that nature. Um, how do they leave their dreams, you know, at the altar? You know what I mean? For, for the will of God. How do parents do that?
1: Well, I guess I can say one thing is God is not limited to your age. Um, Wherever you are in life, um, whatever is on your throne, I don't think God is... God is still God regardless of what's on your throne in your life. Um, Wherever you are in um, your family living, in your... You know, I I don't have kids, but I know a lot of you do. Um, Obviously, I don't have grandkids, but some of you do. And so... um, that's part of your life. And actually my parents are reading through a book that I read through last summer called God's at war. It's by a pastor named Kyle Eidelman. Mm. He wrote another book called not a fan. That's pretty popular. Yeah. And he talks about what are good things in your life that are being treated like they're God. And so, um, there are good things in your life and family is a great thing. I love my family. Um, they're a little crazy, but you know, (laughs) and, uh, even then, that can become a God. You know, going to that camp that summer, that was, that was a good thing. I had grown in my faith through going to that camp. But that was becoming a God thing when it got in the way of where God was leading me. And so I think regardless of where God is leading you, if something else is getting in the way, if something is distracting you, you need to put God above that. You mm-hmm. need to seek God above that um, and see where he's working through that and listen to his word. Um, Something, and uh, I guess I can tell more of this as we go, but Mm -hmm. something I've really learned um, through this experience going to different countries, going to Taiwan, and then now I'm I'm going back to Korea, is there's other languages in this world, and they're very difficult to speak. Um, I can speak now a very basic level of Chinese, and then that's what they speak in Taiwan, and uh, now I can understand, read uh, a little bit of Korean, and... Um, The the good things about these programs is that uh, we unite under English, which is very convenient for me uh, because I'm I'm quite good at English, I guess. But (laughs) when it comes to doing ministry in that in those countries, learning that language is so powerful. And I think when it comes to listening to God, learning his language is vital. Mm -hmm. And so knowing God's word. Knowing how he speaks will define how we are listening, because if we want to listen to God, we first have to know who is God. We have to know the what before we know the why. That's right. something I learned throughout going to this Bible schools. A lot of times, when we read God's Word, we just want to know what it means. We don't know we we a lot of times don't want to know what it says, and we think a lot of times I just I just can't get anything out of this Old Testament book. You know, Exodus is nice until they leave. Egypt and then it's really boring. You know, <laughs> they just complain all the time. What can I get out of that? But we have to know what it says, how God speaks before we know what it means and how we can listen. Right. Right. And I think that applies to all of our lives. You know, regardless of whether or not we're doing ministry over in Korea or we're doing ministry in Marion. Right. Every everywhere God can speak. And as I'm learning these languages and I'm learning to speak to these people, I you know, I I'm I'm learning the vitality of listening. And one thing that I've realized in learning languages is that my problem with my Korean language learning right now is I don't know enough words. I don't know enough of the words to actually understand. I could hear them speak all I want, but it's gibberish to me unless I know the word.
0: That's so good.
1: And so if you want to hear God in your life, you need to know the word. If you want to see the Spirit work, you need to know what the Spirit says. Right. And I believe that, you know, we we think of what what does the work of the Holy Spirit look like? And when you think about, well, what does the produce of a tree look like? You have to look at the fruit. And the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And those are nice, big, kind of vague words So what does that look like? How how does the Bible define love? How does the Bible define joy, peace? What does peace in your life look like according to God's word? Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What does kindness look like according to God's word? And I guess something else I've learned going through this Bible school this last year, I was a student at this Bible school in Korea, um, is, you know, a lot of times we ask the question, what would Jesus do? we we put a conditional statement on it saying what would Jesus do as if you know we were trying to make up in our imagination what Jesus would possibly do in our situation but i think a, a really important question is what did Jesus do what has he already done you know to see what he's doing in our lives how Jesus is moving how the holy spirit is moving what did he already do what is you know th- th- actually the psalm says i ponder all your great works how faithful are you lord so let's ponder, let's dwell on his faithful works, seeing how faithful he's already been. And then looking at the life of Jesus and how he's walking in step with the spirit, that it, he, he's not living some sort of extravagant life. He's living in constant humility. He's, he's not some sort of big shot person. He's a carpenter, which at that time was very basic. And so walking in humility He's not void of the Spirit. He's walking in step with the Spirit. And so seeing in Jesus' life how he loves, how he has joy, how he has peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so I think if we're going to look to see how God is moving in our lives, where we're at, regardless of our age, we can see how did Jesus walk in step with the Spirit? How did he already do that? And that's written for us four times there's four different accounts that say some of, the, some of the similar things, but it's from four different point of views, which actually spreads from multiple people's accounts of Jesus's life. And it's amazing to see how he walked with the Lord. And uh, I guess on that note, um, something that I've been really exploring this last year, and actually it's interesting we're talking about confidence, is um, uh, that... I, I was wondering, what's the difference between confidence and pride? Mm. And I think pride is something we all deal with regardless of our age. Right. And honestly, it gets harder as we age. And I'm, I'm 23. I just turned 23 a couple weeks ago. And so I'm really not that far along. But I've seen pride work immensely in my life. And that's something that I, that I realized throughout college. I graduated from the University of Finley and I realized... I am walking passively in my pride, not realizing uh, what the enemy is doing, what, how destructive his plans are for my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so to think that I would ever just passively ignore what the enemy could be doing through any moment and just think, I got this, God, don't worry. Pride is creeping at the door, and pride, become, pride comes before a fall. And so um, coming from this, this year in Taiwan, I actually was introduced to this Bible school, Word of Life Bible Institute. And I thought, wow, I really believe that God is going to do great things through my year there. And so I committed to going after I graduated college. So I graduated college back in 2019, and I, I attended Word of Life Bible Institute this last year. And I went in with this question. How is it to walk in humility? How is it to see the difference between confidence and pride? Yeah, And something I've realized is that confidence and pride are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. You can be a very confident person and be humble at the same time. right? And I caught on to right. this, this, this saying that we can do things and walk with the Lord and serve him with a humble excellence. That we can do things well, which... Seeing that praise band, I'm I'm a musician, and so I love watching them. And man, Danny on those drums, amazing. Can I get an amen? Amen. That was awesome. Gosh. That's just so cool to me. But she can serve the Lord being so good at that instrument with a humility. Yeah. Because humility honestly has nothing to do with how well she plays drums. Okay. Humility has nothing to do with what you do in your life. It has everything to do with seeing your need for God and your need for growth. That's something I've learned throughout this year is that pride, honestly, I think pride is when we think that we can define our worth, that we think we can define whether or not I'm good enough or I'm not. Because I think a lot of times we think, we think of pride as like, oh, you know, wow, I'm so good. You know, I'm going to go and I'm going to go and play that guitar and I'm going to show everyone how amazing I am. And wow, look at me. But I think pride can also be, woe is me. I'm so bad at everything. Mm,
0: the total opposite, right? Right. Yeah.
1: That in our self-pity, pride thrives. And a lot of, honestly, pride is a lot more hidden in our self-pity. We can see pride in the people that are, are, are you know boastful and they think they're all that. But a lot of times pride hides in our self-pity thinking, oh, why do I have to go through this? Why me? You know, why am I so worthless? Or even to the extent that, God, I don't deserve your grace, so I'm not going to accept it. Mm. And so I have to ask myself in those moments, who am I to decide whether or not I receive the grace of God? Who am I to decide whether or not the grace of God is powerful enough to transform my life? And so humility... Is seeing our need for God and our need for growth, seeing our need to be in His Word every day. Right. You know, Joshua chapter one says uh, it commands Joshua. He well, at first God says, "I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses." When we're talking about Moses this morning, that God was with him um, when he was it was it was when he was separated from his parents, right? You, right. You, yeah. Mm-hmm. By faith, his parents sent him, and then Moses. Of course, he didn't live a perfect life, but eventually he came to walk in faith with God, which wasn't perfect. And you can read through that in God's word. It's available. Any, anywhere, you know, you have a Bible, you have God's word. And uh Joshua was told by God, I'm going to be with you like I was with Moses. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. But he didn't just say, like, I'll be with you no matter what you do. He said, just like I've given these words to my servant Moses, meditate on this day and night. Mm. And so seeing our need for God and our need for growth in this humility, walking in confidence with the Lord is seeing that, wow, I can know that God is speaking to me through this written word. And I'm going to seek that every day because I need that. Yeah. I, I am nothing without God. And my worth is found in the Lord. And I don't deserve his grace, but I'm going to receive it because I know it's power. I know that he is good even when I'm not, right? He is good even when I'm not.
0: So good, so good.
1: And I don't get to de- decide my worth.
0: I Say that again. Decide- I, I think that needs to be said again. There needs to be a freedom that's released in this place. Because some of the reason why we can't embrace God's call on our life is because of that statement you just right. made.
1: Right. I don't get to decide my worth. And, you know, seeing... How God has amazingly led me to Taiwan and amazingly led me now to Korea and done amazing things in my family. It's not by, honestly, it's not by anything we did. We we wanted to walk in step with the Lord. And whether I go across the world or travel here and there, the the confidence I have that I have cannot be found in, wow, he's a big missionary in Korea. You know, that that's that's something the world would look at. You know, just like they would look at, wow, that person is so good looking or that celebrity is so talented. That's something the world defines. So I guess I would encourage you, wherever you are, wherever you're going, wherever God is leading you, find confidence in what God is doing. Not the place, not the circumstance, not the situation. You know, God is bigger than our situation. Amen. Right. Right. God is bigger than our circumstances. Yes. God is bigger than our problems. God is bigger than our successes, yes. as well. Yes, He is. And so, I want to always encourage people. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm personally, I would say that uh, I I love doing music. I love singing, and uh, a lot of people say, "Wow, Cody, you're so good at that." Um, but personally, I'm not too great at basketball. I cannot play basketball to save my life, and so. Um, you know, a lot of people may look at my life and be like, wow, he has so many successes. God is working so much through his life and this and that. But God can work through your life in basketball. God can work in your life through your family. God can work in your life through whatever situation. Don't let the situation define how God's working. Okay, And my pride would tell me, wow, I'm really succeeding or wow, I'm really failing at this. God must not be or he must be working. But I don't get to defi- define that. I am called to faithfully follow. You know, Joshua was not called to, uh, to decide what success would look like. You know, God told them and he promised them, I will bring you to this land and I will save your people. But Joshua didn't get to decide uh, how he would enter the land. God told them how. Yeah. And there was a lot of success. But I'm sure those seven days marching around that wall, it didn't feel like success for a while they reached a success and there were a lot of hiccups on the way. Um, but a lot of times success too was a place where they got a little too prideful and thought, wow, this is good. I don't need God anymore. But then God reminded them, you still need me. You still need right. me. You still need me. And uh, and so I guess I say that to say that whether or not I'm having success in singing or I'm really doing not well in basketball, God is still on the throne and he is still leading And regardless of how well or not well I'm doing, I still need him every day. And I need to see that need for him every day because I have that need regardless of whether or not I see it. And pride will want me to not see it. Pride wants me to define my worth. Pride wants me to think that having confidence is defining I am the best or having a lack of confidence is defining I am the worst. But confidence has nothing to do with how I define me. It's having faith in the one who does define me and defined me at creation. He defined you at creation. And so whether or not you feel like you're enough or you feel like you're some sort of big shot or you feel like this situation is too big or that it's too small for you and you're too good for it, God defined your worth at creation and you can convince yourself otherwise, but you cannot redefine it. You can't. And that's something that you have to look to God for. And so walking in confidence, walking in humility is seeing your need for God and your need for growth. Putting pride away is saying, I don't define my worth, my calling, my things. I have to listen to what God has already said and see how he's leading me now based off of listening to him, knowing what he says, to know where he's leading, to know why he's leading there, and to trust him in that way.
0: That is awesome. Come on, put your hands together for that. That was uh, uh, that was really, really good. I was, I was telling Megan, um, my wife, I said, you know, honey, I, I typically get like 97% of this thing right. You know, when I just meet somebody and I'm like, hey, come and speak. And I'm like, whoa. After I left, I'm like, what did I just do? I said, uh, but I just, I really believe that God um, orders your life and orders your footstep. And I believe God's favor is on this house. I think every pastor should believe God's favor is on, is on their, their church. I think that should be the case. Um, but I know specifically God's favor is, is on this house. And so you sharing today, what I love about you is uh, the sincerity of your heart. You know, you're 20. How old? 20, 23. So I'm almost half your age. Well, a little bit half, half your age. And um, as I hear your story, just about embracing the call of God, real quick. I, did you ever get discouraged, saying maybe this is just not what God has for me? Like I missed it. Yeah, perhaps there's somebody out there that's saying, okay, well, that that's that's great. Um, but maybe I, maybe I missed it. Did you ever feel that way, or? What's your word of encouragement for some people that are saying, okay, how do I get this thing going? You know what I mean? Like, how do I lay my dreams down at the altar, you know, and get pride out of the way? What, what word would you have for, for that individual?
1: Um, a quote I heard from Billy Graham that I, uh, I heard throughout this last year was that um, Christianity is not a constant high. He has a lot of moments of deep sadness and deep discouragement. And he has to go to God saying, God, please help me. And God, I need you. And uh, I guess a couple things that I hold on to, um, in a way, I have this conviction that God actually, in a way, commands Joshua, do not be discouraged, do not be dismayed. And so in a way, God commands us, do not be discouraged. But just because God commanded us something doesn't mean we won't do it because we have rebellious hearts and we're weak. And so in those times of discouragement, I guess something that I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm learning. And I guess what I would, you know, encourage you with today is that I have not already learned everything. The things that I'm saying this morning are things that I am learning. And I think I will be learning as I walk into eternity with God from this life. I don't think you're ever going to stop learning. You're never going to meet a person who has arrived in their faith. There is no arrival. When we call it a walk with the Lord, you can't arrive at the Lord if you're walking with him. You walk with him in this journey and walk into eternity. And the only destination I guess we have to arrive to is heaven, is eternity, is our home with him. So in those moments of deep discouragement, be constantly learning and remind yourself of this gospel truth that Christ died to save us. Repreach that to you. Honestly, something that I've told others and I need to remind myself too is that every morning as I go into God's word, as I have my, what I call my quiet time with him, that I set aside time to be quiet and listen to God, to read his word, to take time in prayer, to ask for wisdom. James one says, ask for wisdom. He's faithful to give it. So just ask. And so as I take time, I I, I need to remember to re-preach the gospel to myself that I, I, I am a sinner by birth, born into rebellion. I have rebelled and I have sinned and offended a holy God. But he did not take, take my sin as some sort of power over him. He looked at my sin and said, no, this is my child. And he said that I want to make a way that he can have a relationship with me that my holiness will not destroy him because he will be made holy by the blood of my sacrifice, that as I have led my people to make sacrifices by animals and temporary things that they have walked in faith doing, just like Abraham in Hebrews 11 is a man who walked by faith, then I will make this sacrifice once and for all so that they can always have a way to come back to me. And so in your moments of deep deep discouragement, discouragement, Allow it to be a reminder to go back to God. Don't let it be a moment where you just fall on your face and say, well, I can't do this. Because, yeah, yeah, you can. not But let it be a moment that you fall on your knees before the Lord saying, I need you. Don't waste that moment thinking, wow, (laughs) I'm so bad. I can't do this. Everything is so bad. Woe is me, 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 me. Because I think in, that, in those moments, the devil wants us to steal glory from God. But actually, something I read in Jeremiah, my, my school is going through Jeremiah right now. So I was in Jeremiah. He's talking about the Moabites. And he says, the Moabites like to focus glory on themselves. And God's like, that's not going to happen anymore. <laughs> he's he's going to bring destruction on the Moabites. And so allow God in those moments to bring destruction on self-glorification. That when you find glory in yourself, even in your self-pity, when you're discouraged and saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. Wow, I'm just so bad. Everything is so bad. You know, my kids aren't doing this or they are doing this. Or that, you know, at work this thing is happening or at school this thing is happening or I can't seem to get to this person. Or in my life, I can't seem to stop this. Don't let that be the thing that gets the glory. Refocus the glory and the effort of your life to the Lord. Mm. Let it be a moment that throws you on your knees and brings you to that place where you're saying, I need God and I need growth. That humility becomes an everyday thing. Because honestly, I think if I remember correctly, Philippians 2 talks about how Jesus humbled himself to the point where he was put onto a cross, a criminal's death. He was the God of the universe, King of all kings, and He took on a criminal's death. And I think something about that passage that strikes me is the language. And I'm not going to get caught up in the grammar um, because, um, you know, I I love grammar. But uh, one thing that I, I I notice about that is that it's not something that He arrived to and He stayed there, but He was in constant humbling every day. And if you look at the gospel accounts, he went to God often and he went early in the morning. He went in the middle of the night. He left crowds to go spend time with the Lord alone. And Let's then say. he did ministry with people.
0: Yeah,
1: He both reached out and dug deep, just like a tree, just like Come a tree on. that's healthy. He dug his roots deep in the yeah. Lord and then reached out. He didn't yeah. choose one
0: or the other. Yeah,
1: And so when we look at the life of Christ, he himself saw his need for the Father. Mm -hmm. He walked with the Father in humility saying, I need God. Jesus as God himself saw his need for the love of the Father to pour into him so that he could pour out to others. And so let that moment of deep discouragement be a reminder of our need for humility, Mm -hmm. of our need for God and our need for growth. Let that be a place where you just open your hands saying, God, Please pour into me so that I can overflow beyond my emotions in this moment, beyond my feelings, that I can dwell on God's word, that I can choose where my mind goes, even if my emotions are running rampant. I think a lot of times what I tell people, um, I I was the oldest guy at my Bible school, um, so we had pretty young guys in in this program. I I told them, I'm not looking to change how you feel in this moment, whether or not you're discouraged or doubting about your future. And one of my friends, his name is Sam. He was so unsure about his future to the point of just utter anxiety. He came to the point of tears. And I said, Sam, I'm not looking to change how you feel, because honestly, I don't think you will change how you feel just by wanting to. I want to change how you think, because we have that choice. Come on. The Bible never says... Go, therefore, and change how you feel about this. It says the heart is deceitful above all things. Mm. And it does say, May the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalm 1914. And so may these meditations of your heart, may what you dwell on, what you think on, be God's word in those moments of discouragement saying, God, I don't feel this right now. You know, I told my friend this morning, I was on the phone with him walking into church. You know, Raul... You may not feel like you want to have a close relationship with God. And I appreciate your honesty about that. But I want you to just take one day and have a quiet time with Him. Mm. Just start with one day. Start with a little bit. Just like someone reintroducing food to their body after going through starvation. It may not feel good at first, but you need this. Yeah. It may feel painful. You may fall asleep. But you need this. Mm. You need God. And so... Seeing our need for God and our need for growth in those moments of discouragement, I believe, will bring us confidence, even if we don't feel So it. good. I don't think your emotions so can define how God is working.
0: Right. And so right. I guess
1: my encouragement to you is when you're in those moments of discouragement, you're in those moments of a lack of your own confidence, don't trust that. Don't trust your emotions. Right. Choose where your mind goes. Dwell on the word of God. Learn his language so that you can listen to him. Because when your discouragement, when the enemy speaks loudly to you, forget his language.
0: Come on. You know, a say lot of people again. say when yeah. you don't
1: use it, you yeah. lose it. Yeah. So stop using it. Come on. <laughs> lose it. Yeah. Lose the language of the enemy in your life. Come and on. Listen to God's language. good. Amen.
0: It's so good. It's so good. I want you to pray for us. You're about to leave this nation and we're going to stay here. Uh, pray for this nation. Um, there's a lot of people who love this country. Uh, but there's a devil that wants to destroy it. And so um, pray for this nation that, that truly the body of Christ will embrace the call of God you know, in their life. Would you do that for us? All right, let us pray. Let's pray.
1: God, thank you. Uh, for the opportunity this morning to look into your word, to see how you speak to us. And God, as you speak, I ask, Lord, that you would help us to listen, that your Holy Spirit would soften our hearts to be in tune to your grace. God, that we wouldn't think so highly of ourselves to be wise in our own eyes and to make up whatever we think should happen, but God, to, to surrender our will to you. God, to surrender to what you're doing. And I pray over this country, God, the United States of America, my home where you planted me and God, where you have brought me back to this very moment. God, I ask that you would work in the the hearts of this people and God, you would work through your church. You would work through your body of believers, through us, Lord, to look to you, to to dwell on your word, to learn to speak your language and to listen to it. God, we know that you are overflowing with love that you are overflowing with love for your son and through his sacrifice, God, you can overflow into us and help us to overflow into others. Help us to receive your word that your love and your Holy Spirit would speak into us and God, that we would speak your word forth. Please help us not to make up whatever comes to our own mind, but God, to know what you have already said, what you have already done. Help us to know you to know how you walked, how you lived, and to know what you have put, the calling that you have put on our lives to go and make disciples of all nations. Help us to look to your word as we live, as we work, as we pray, as we go through our everyday lives, that this doesn't become just a Sunday thing, that this is not limited to today, that we don't wait to live for you until next Sunday or until Wednesday or until any point, but God, that we walk with you continually, that you would continue to humble us and to work in our hearts, God. We need you desperately. God, I pray that you would continue to work just as you are faithful to do. Help us to ponder your great works, to think on them deeply, and to define the way we live based off of how you are speaking to us. Lord, we need you. Help us to see that every day, we pray in Jesus' name
0: amen praise the lord one more time put your hands together for Cody. love you man appreciate you so much what a good word what a good word it's good to be obedient to the lord amen well appreciate every single one of you listen have an amazing amazing week you are god's best come on and you can walk in that confidence and knowing that god has his hand upon your life So, Father, we thank you again for this time that we spent together. Thank you for Cody. Continue to bless him, Lord God, as you use him mightily for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.